Hi, welcome to another Bot World podcast with uh, Dan Gailey and myself, Nathan Ross. And we are going to talk about some of the cool things that are happening in the world of AI and bots and also just what we're up to. Um, mostly so, what we're up to. Mostly what we're up to. But uh, it's, it's all related. So, so on, this, on this episode, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, deep learning, our, our research and deep learning hardware uh, for enthusiasts and kind of what's out there for enthusiasts and people that want to get involved in, in that research. Um, among like other things like open sourcing uh, genome yep. and uh, quantified living. I don't know if I'm doing your job now. Uh, well, I'll, I'll help jump in okay. to w when you get in the weeds. And then talk talk about an unconference or conference or whatever, right? Yeah, a possible conference yeah. that we might possibly be doing. And, and we'd love your input. So when we get to that, you'll, you'll get to chime in. So first, let's talk about the hardware specs. Of, yeah. um, so we're, we're going to start playing around with uh, some deep learning training. And we don't have the luxury of AWS credits, right, free. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. You know, if anyone wants to sponsor that, that's great. Um, and also, there's been a lot of complaints that the uh, hardware there is older. Uh, so, you know, given that uh, kind of state of things, mm -hmm. we decided to invest in our own hardware. Um, and that required me doing some research. So I'm going to share the research that we've done and currently what's out there specifically within the NVIDIA range of cards Yep. and um, give you a little bit of uh, background. So right now there's the consumer option and the pro option, right? So in the consumer option, you have basically video cards that people have kind of used to or adopted for machine learning, right? And um, there's some options there. You have the kind of top of the line cards right now uh, was, was a 1080 GTX 1080, yes. uh, followed by the Titan X, uh, which was superseded by the 1080 Ti, and now the Titan XP, which is the, the big one. And we, Not to be confused with the Titan X. Even though way. it looks almost identical, except for the box and a few other features, uh, the Titan XP, if you're looking to buy it, doesn't have a DVI okay. uh, port on the back. So pay attention to that. And if are these all consumer versions? These are. Uh, the Titan XP is a $1,200 video card. Basically, yeah. it's the top of the line that you can get. Just released this month. Uh, we went ahead and sprung for one. Yeah, I think that was pretty awesome. So when we get it in, we'll do an unboxing video and kind of uh, some other uh, videos about what we're doing with that. So when we're talking about like we invested in it, we didn't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars or fifty or twenty thousand dollars. We, you know, went bare minimum because you can do a lot with you know a couple thousand dollars. Right. And, um, but there are some sacrifices yes. at the couple of thousand dollar range, right? So going back to the architecture of the GPUs themselves, it was the Kepler architecture, then the Maxwell architecture, and now the Pascal architecture. And each one of those architectures allows you to do more with less, essentially. And uh, we have now on the Titan XP, um, we have the, I think like 3,800 GPU cores yeah. that we can use. Um, 
the big difference between the 1080 Ti and the Titan XP is the amount of RAM. It's one gig, one gig difference essentially. In essence, there are some other differences, smaller differences. But does that one gig matter? It does, it does. So the one gig does matter because if you're talking about um, having to build out large models or save large models in memory, um, you want all the space you can get, right? And so, uh, but that's not all that matters, right? So at the consumer end, you have no error correction and you have uh, no memory sharing across multiple cards. Uh, so I've done a lot of research around Reddit and a lot of research online. If anything is, is wrong, you let me know, but this is, this is all the research that I've done to, to figure out kind of getting, getting the most bang for a buck. Now, we also wanted to also uh, keep uh, the option for VR open. Yeah. So we didn't want a dedicated processing card, and we'll get to those in a, in a second. So we wanted something that we could eventually, you know, plug a VR rig in and, and uh, do some more research there. Now, like I said, you don't have error correction and you don't have shared memory. So if you put in a bunch of uh, Titan XPs in parallel, you can process a lot. You just can't access shared memory. So your 12 gigs and your Titan XP doesn't become 24 uh, gigs if you put two of them okay. together. Uh, you're limited to the... A big limitation. You're you're limited to the largest memory on the largest card, right? So, uh, and that's that's twelve hundred dollars. That's a top of the line video card, and that's what twelve hundred dollars gets you right now for deep learning with NVIDIA. Um, if you also want to have the option for VR and use it as a video card, whatever. Um, next, when you want to go up to the Pro version, you have the uh, Tesla range of cards. So the Tesla, which is like, I think they had the K, M, and now P lines, which are obviously the, the GPU architecture, Kepler, Maxwell, and Pascal. Um, they, the new P lines have, uh, starting with the P4, P40, P80, and P100, I think, uh, you can get up to 24 gigs of memory. Uh, with something like the P100, right? Okay. Let me double check that. Oh, that's why you have that open. I okay. do, yes. Okay, yes, 24 with the P40. There so what is the difference between, so we're saying 1200 for the um, mm -hmm. XP, what's, once you go to Tesla range, yeah. what are you spending? So if you wanna go pro, which means you no longer have video out, so no VR, um, it's only for processing, mm -hmm. uh, you're looking at five thousand dollars. Okay, and yeah. that's the the bare minimum you can spend. Uh, well, you can do twenty nine hundred, but if you're looking to get something comparable to what you were already getting with the Titan XP, um, you're looking at about you know four to five thousand dollars. I think the but you had you had an interesting point about video out. You don't have that ability. It's just for processing. You don't. So you would have to buy other pieces to work with this five thousand. Um. Right, but you wouldn't even buy this for video. This would go into a dedicated uh, machine for deep learning. Yes. Right? So, yeah, you would need a, another video out if you wanted to do something else, right? Okay. Have some VGA output or DVI output. Um, another thing is, like, with the pro cards, you get error correction. So the reason why that's important, our video cards don't do error correction because um, if you have one corrupt pixel. If one pixel is off in 
one frame and you have 60 frames per second or even more, like if I'm killing zombies in virtual reality, right. you're not going to notice a pixel that's bad, right? No. And a flick, right? But if you were building models and, and running some simulation, uh, you could ruin everything by having a bit that's flipped. It's just how it goes. And um, so that's where the error correction comes in, right? But it also, having error correction not only slows down uh, your training, but it also decreases the amount of RAM available by 14% or something. Hmm. So, you know, there's trade-offs there, but is it worth it for accurate models? Yes, if you can afford it. Uh, you know, we also have the NVIDIA box above that, which is like a QDX1 or something. Uh, I actually have to look that up every time. But it, it's it's out, it's so out of my price range, I can't remember its name. Uh, it's a $129,000 uh, like rack mount kind of unit that has uh, eight P100s in it, you know, and just an ungodly amount of processing power for deep learning and that's it's dedicated yeah and that's learning. if you have the the money or you know you've tested this out what's nice with what we're doing is we want to test the waters and we want to begin to like you know the prototype version of the data and see what we can do before yeah. expanding out yeah so we we definitely have a path for so, growth here so that I think leads us on to the next topic of mm. what exactly are we going to do with this processing? We have a, a lot of do good really cool uh, stuff with uh, Google Vive or or not not the Google Vive. I apologize. What are you talking? Just do stuff with virtual reality, or what are we going to do? Uh, so there's a lot of projects that we're going to to play with. Um, a lot of that's just like getting an idea of training and inference and and how small we can get it in federated learning and. And uh, you know, just thinking along the lines of uh, things that we're already building, uh, I think there's an awesome amount of opportunity for uh, you know building models of quantified living, quantified self, things like that. I think there's also potential for data mining and uh, building models. And we're, th these are all basically like allowing us to ask questions, like where best mm -hmm. do, do these tools work? and how best can we leverage them. So one of the things that we want to do next is uh, do, well, let, let's talk about full genome sequencing as well. Yes. So full genome sequencing is now sub $1,000, which is the holy grail. Like a decade ago, it cost 100 million, right? It cost millions of dollars. Uh, funny enough, we were just researching on Wikipedia, Steve Jobs was one of the first 20 people to get his full genome sequenced, right? He paid something like $10 million for it. Now you can get it done for less than a grand. Uh, we're going to uh, open source a full genome sequence of myself, put it on the blockchain, put it on torrents, uh, basically see what we can see with that data, uh, see if we can get other people contributing their genomes uh, so we can create perhaps even deep learning models of um, our machine models of uh, you know genotype to phenotypes mm -hmm. uh, even larger things we would love to classify one day or map is uh, the emergence of, of higher order more abstract things like personality and see if there's any corollaries there uh, and this is all like 
you know, we're putting the pieces together, seeing what works and what doesn't work. There's going to be a lot of failure there, but I think ultimately it's going to enable us to uh, ask a lot of important questions and, and really set the stage for what's to come. Yeah. Okay. So, um, who are you going to use for the genome actually to do that? Is that a standard process or can anyone out here do it as well? Um, yeah, anyone can do it for a grand. Uh, there's a couple of, there's a page that we'll put up uh, where somebody is keeping track of uh, all the full genome sequencing companies okay. over on Harvard's, harvard.edu something uh, page. And I just click through for the cheapest uh, as well as the most uh, robust. Yeah, and so like 23andMe would not be in like this category. No, f full genome sequencing is not what they do, which is uh, a like marker identification for particular uh, patterns that are indicative of of some disease or something like that, right? So it only they only look to sequence uh, for specific traits, not. Yeah. A full genome sequence where everything's identified, you know, and uh, you can download it. So cool, yeah. And uh, so next, I think what would be cool is you can match who you are phenotypically uh, or genotypically to who you are phenotypically to what you are habitually, uh, even psychologically, and maybe even socially. Um, I think that's a fascinating kind of spectrum of uh, identifying who we are and, and what our capacity is and, and things like this. You know, uh, I don't know many companies trying to do that, trying to, to merge all of those together, but uh, I think it's worth, worth figuring out. Well, has there been a lot of regulation in this area? Um, you know, I think people are worried. There's a lot of privacy concerns because like now that your genome is going to be out there, someone mm -hmm. could clone you, hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. Uh, there's even like implications of like uh, health or getting denied insurance for pre-existing conditions yes. or, you know, the, all the implications of, of publicizing this data is, is about privacy, is about um, people knowing too much. And even just ethical questions about yeah. society. Totally. And I think it's, uh, it's my part of my duty as a scientist and part of my uh, duty as a, an innovator and, and somebody who wants to facilitate models of, or generic models of humanity that you, I would have to do this, right? I would have to kind of start opening that door for other people um, and figuring out what the best way to leverage this information would be, right? So yeah, I'm ready. I think it's time. Yay! Genome on the block. So from there, uh, you know, we talk about quantified uh, self and quantified living, and I think that's just a part of that puzzle. Right? Yeah. So um, you want to go further in how this would become blockchained? Yeah. So we want to throw this on the blockchain. Um, and what's what's the blockchain? The blockchain is uh, an immutable ledger, right? Once things are written to it, they're they're forever. It's indelible, right? That's why Bitcoin was, you know, is on the blockchain, so you can track the transactions over time and yeah, and see who has what and what wallets. Yeah, right? So proof of ownership. Yeah, and um, so we want to throw, throw it on the blockchain. Um, basically, figure out, you know, how can we spread this thing 
in such a way that it's interesting, right? Um, you know, I think just having the having the data is half the battle, right? Could we, we make some Dan coins? We can. Like, what if what if that's our our seed for our initial blockchain on our ICO or something, right? And then you can get around legally because it's technically you. <laughs> yeah, people will own pieces of me, maybe, right? I wonder if we could seed it some way like that. Hmm. People tell us. Um, was the next topic the end conference or was the next? Yeah, we could talk about the conference. Uh, so we want to put together a conference. You know, on the show, we while it is focused more on uh, bots and autonomous agents and, and AI and ML and, and uh, chatbots, um, you know, there's applications obviously across the blockchain, distributed applications, um, and it, the list goes on and on. And uh, so we, we see all this as being a part of the same, like an amalgam of what's to come, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, all these seem like pretty foundational technologies for the future for us. So we'd like to get a bunch of experts together uh, talking and thinking in the same room about how to leverage their own research in these particular uh, categories to help one another, the cross-pollinate ideas to uh, help advance one another's research. And how would um, our audience possibly entertain these ideas? Yeah, so we would love it if you want to chime in and give us you know, what you think a good format would be, whether it's an unconference or a conference with uh, particular, you know, paths or uh, channels. So, yeah, so like, what would people actually be interested in? Yeah, what format? Learning about, um, how to learn that, and who to learn from. Would you like to give a presentation or, you know, be part of a panel, or do you recommend someone else? And then how would you actually imagine that working? Does it have to be a standard, you know, presentation with Q and A afterwards, or could it be something like writing a book together in live? I don't know. Any randomness? I, you know, I really like the idea of like what's, what are the underlying themes? Uh, what is the architecture like broad, yeah. uh, as well as like what are the current thoughts, right? Like where is it headed, and how do people how do, how do, how do those people who are researching it imagine it can be leveraged, right? Yeah. And then from there, people can kind of like abstract and fit it to what they're doing and maybe, you know, work together to do something. So not just think about today, but think about like the next 10 years of how that will tie into each other and how these things will come together hypothetically. Yeah. Like totally long vision, uh, long view. So oh, we also need a name. You know, we're thinking like emergence, convergence, but those are all taken, integrates taken. Even though I did the first integrate hackathon, I think that's more. Should have uh, trademarked it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No. Sorry, kiddos. So any good acronym names might be cool. Yeah. So just we're open to it. We'll we'll give you some form of credit. We'll, we'll give you a thumbs up in the next podcast if uh, we choose your name. Um, what else? Yeah, I, I think that's about wraps it up. What we're doing? Are we doing anything else right now? Just making lots of mistakes, mistakes, and finding answers through those mistakes. Lots of progress. Finding more questions through our questions by answering questions, and getting stuck on questions with other questions. Yay! 
Um, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, you can find me on at DPG on Twitter and um, at Dan at Radbots.com and Nathan at Radbots.com. And I still have my Twitter. It's Nathan T. Ross. Um, <laughs> I'm everywhere. Um, so just stalk me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we have Hack Days every Sunday. Every Sunday, every single Sunday. You, if you live in San Francisco, you can come work with us directly. If you don't, you can work remotely with us. We have a Google Hangout we do every time. Um, and we have uh, you know, an event at least once a month, um, somewhat either bot-related or AI-related. And if you want to contribute in some way, like you do applied um, genetics or um, bioinformatics, which was like probably the realm that we're talking about now, um, you know, or you're just working on something cool that you think we'd like to, to focus on or spotlight, we'd love to have you uh, on the podcast and we'd love to have you out to Hack Days or even on a panel. Um, you know, the sky's the limit. So reach out to us and let us know and uh, we'll see you next time. Cool. Cheers. <laughs>